0: This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.
1: Maybe we closet, closet, closet? Closet,
0: closet, closet? <laughs> Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris.
1: I'm Stacey Kulo. And we are both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
0: Which is a show that I love. But I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows.
1: And that is just a shame. So we are watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go.
0: And this week we watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 12, Bad Eggs.
1: As well as Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 12, Richard and Stars Hollow.
0: How do we feel about these episodes?
1: I mean... They both have flaws and annoying character behavior, I would say. hmm But, uh, we'll talk about it.
0: So last week we talked about Ted, and we really didn't like that episode. Some people really liked this episode, and I asked some Facebook groups about it. Apparently people just really like John Ritter. We do too. Yeah, I like John Ritter. I just didn't grow up with him in a television show. We didn't watch Three's Company. So I don't have any nostalgia element when I rewatched it. But some people did, and some people loved the fact that there were cookies in it. I don't know why. People were just like, there's cookies and mini pizzas. And mini golf. Lots of people loved that there was mini golf in it, which is okay. I mean, like if there's a horse in a scene, are you like, I love that episode because there's a horse in it. But whatever. I mean, people are entitled to their own opinion. Some people pointed out that they liked this episode because it sort of dived into the topic of domestic abuse, which other episodes don't. And And I liked that perspective. But as a Buffy episode, I didn't find it scary, and I didn't find it that funny.
1: Right, and it did have a lot of plot holes, in our opinion.
0: And it doesn't mean that John Ritter's not an amazing actor. He's got to work with the scripts he's given.
1: Yeah, he's a fun physical comedian. And apparently he's a cook in Three's Company, so that was like a nod to that.
0: Yeah, which is cool. So if you liked Ted, I'm glad you liked it. We we didn't.
1: Brian, don't you have a show coming up?
0: I do. It's my first virtual show for a college, Merrillville University.
1: And you're doing stand-up? Yep. So you're doing it from our living room or something, though. Or bathroom? You haven't decided what room yet.
0: Yeah, I guess. I'm mean, going to do it from the kitchen while I'm making breakfast.
1: And it's at night, but you're still going to be making breakfast.
0: Yeah, I'm making Brenner. It's going to be February 16th. I don't know what time yet, but I will mention that in the next podcast.
1: Yeah, I could put the link to it in the description of our episode. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to watch Brian do stand-up for like an hour while I awkwardly watch him from the corner, check it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not very Buffy-related, but you should check it out. What have you been up to, Stace?
1: Oh, you know, just chilling. I just had a bunch of gummy bears.
0: I had some too. They were great.
1: We recommend gummy bears. This is not an ad.
0: We just legitimately like gummy bears. So we started with Buffy this week. Stacey, why don't you tell us about bad eggs?
1: So Buffy and her friends have to do the classic health class experiment where they have to take care of an egg. But these are eggs that contain some kind of mystical parasitic creature that makes everyone turn into, like, it's drones. So it starts with Buffy and her mom at the mall. Joyce won't let Buffy get some kind of sexy outfit she wants, probably because she's got enough sexy outfits.
0: Yeah, Buffy's always dressed sexily.
1: But Buffy needs to go grab her mom's outfit from a store or something so her mom can go somewhere else and get food. So Buffy's on her way to do that. And she sees this, like, cowboy and his girlfriend. But she looks into a mirror on the escalator and notices that she now only sees the girlfriend. Hmm. Hmm. So she follows them to like an abandoned arcade, I guess. And she kind of confronts him. He's about to bite this girl. And Buffy like pretends she's his wife or girlfriend. She's like, oh, you're cheating on me again. And this girl's just like, oh, I better go. Like this happens to her all the time. Like Buffy's just another scorned wife.
0: Yeah, she's in a rush. Probably going to that store to get that outfit Buffy's mom wouldn't let her have.
1: Mm. But then we find out that this man is Lyle Gorsh. He's a cowboy vampire. And he seems to have heard about Buffy. She fights him and he just kind of leaves. Why does he leave? I can't remember.
0: I think he's just like, uh, I don't know that I can beat her.
1: Okay, cool. Buffy goes to meet her mom for dinner. She forgot to get her mom's outfit.
0: Joyce is like, let me guess, you were talking to a boy. And she's like, yeah, a boy.
1: She's like, don't you think about anything besides boys? And then she just tells her mom. She's like, yeah, I think about like saving the world and killing vampires. And her mom's like, ugh. And I'm like, you just told your mom. But like, can you tell your mom?
0: It's going to solve a lot of your problems.
1: Just, like, tell your mom. Cut to Xander and Cordelia still making out in the closet. They've got a new makeout song. They're just, like, repulsed by each other, though. He can't do it if she speaks at all. She can't do it with the lights on. I don't know where this is going to go. They seem like a bad couple. Seems like Xander's trying a little to be nice to her. We'll see. Then we're at sex ed class. The teacher asks this weird rhetorical question where he's like, who's lost hours to just passionately lusting after someone? Hours? It's a lot about yourself there, teach. What is this weird problem
0: you're having? So the teacher's asking them all, what are some unintended consequences of sex? And no one is saying pregnancy. Willow eventually says pregnancy. Instead, we have Cordelia and Xander just arguing back and forth very clearly about each other.
1: And I'm like, be subtle, guys. People aren't going to know.
0: I think it was pretty funny, though, when Cordelia was like, is this in in a car or outside of a car? <laughs> this is not about me.
1: Yes. Willow then says pregnancy and the teacher announces that they're going to be doing the egg project, which means they all have to partner up and keep an egg alive for like a week or something. So they go to find Buffy, who's in the library, and she skipped this class. All the partners were taken, so she has to be a single mom. And she's like, oh, man, this means I'm going to end up just like my mother. I'm like, Buffy, that's a big assumption. Like, so far, you're different in a lot of ways. This is like a very random thing that has nothing to do with how your life is going to go. You skip class. That's what happened.
0: Also, we find out that uh, Willow's Jewish now. Is
1: This is the first time they've said that? Yeah. She said her egg was Jewish. She didn't say she was.
0: Well, it's weird to just raise your egg a different religion than yourself.
1: Well, maybe her egg converts her. (laughs) Yeah. We only ever see Xander and Willow raising the eggs. We never see them on a break and their partner has the egg.
0: Yeah, they keep the eggs the entire time. Their partners never have them. You're right.
1: So the gang does some research about this cowboy vampire and we find out his name is Lyle Gorch? And we find out that he's a big, stupid vampire with a big, stupid vampire cowboy brother. That's that's it? They're just cowboys and they're vampires? And they were they
0: were evil before they were vampires, too. They killed mm. a bunch of people before they were vampires.
1: So Buffy's... On the hunt for them, Angel's helping her, and by helping, he's making out with her a lot. There's so much kissing in this episode. It's kind of not fun to watch.
0: It really makes me think about being young and, like, new in a relationship, about making out. Because now, watching it as an adult, I'm just like, okay, but, like, how long can you make out? At some point, it's like, let's move this to the next level, or this, I'm bored. Yeah. But in retrospect, like, making out was a big deal at the time, and probably I loved it.
1: We made out when we first started dating. Yeah. Do you guys make out?
0: You guys still making out?
1: What's your secret? Anyway, the brothers are spying on them.
0: They do know who Angel is. They don't know he's good now, but they do know who Angelus is.
1: Yeah, they're like confused why he's making out with the Slayer and not trying to hurt her. We find out that Lyle is the smart one, which I wouldn't have guessed.
0: His brother's like, let's kill him now, but I just... I don't understand this mentality every vampire in this universe tends to have. They seem to all be like, let's go kill the Slayer. Well, Buffy is killing vampires, like, every weeknight.
1: No one's really stopped her.
0: You'd think word is like, hey, guys, like, maybe it's not easy to kill the Slayer. She killed the Master. She killed Spike, maybe. Angelus is a scary vampire, and he seems to be doing whatever she wants. I don't think you should try to fight her.
1: Well, they're not smart. Buffy goes home, tucks her little egg in, kisses a good night. And then when she goes off to sleepy sleep, the egg gets a little hole in it and out comes a big tendril thingy and goes all up into Buffy's face.
0: Just like in Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
1: While Buffy's sleeping, we see the brothers again. What's the other one's name? I don't know. Brother number two thinks that Lyle is scared of Buffy and he says he's not. But as Brian mentioned, he should be.
0: Then they decide to just punch each other for a while? Yeah.
1: What the... I guess if you're not able to get hurt, really, like, why not? But also, it might not feel great to get
0: punched. I don't, like, who wrote this? they just like, hey, we just want everyone to know these guys are, like, cartoonishly dumb.
1: Nothing really was learned here that they couldn't have had in the other scene with these two talking, like, a second ago, either.
0: it was, like, filler, honestly.
1: So, Buffy wakes up the next morning. She's really tired. Her mom's drinking a cup of coffee, and Buffy just kind of takes over that cup of coffee. That was weird.
0: Yeah, she just, like, steals it from her mom.
1: (laughs) Willow's also sleepy?
0: Buffy and Willow uh, do a couple things in unison. They, like, sit down in, in unison. There's a funny joke at the library, too, where Giles says, Any luck last night on your hunt? And Buffy says, No go. And then Giles is like, no go, like you didn't go hunting? Or no go, like you weren't successful? And then she's like, no gorge. I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, that was clever. Xander seems fine, which is weird. I assume maybe it's because his partner took home the egg. But no, Xander has the egg. And then he's like tossing up the air and he drops it and it doesn't break. That's suspect. And then we find out it's because he freaking hard boiled it. Xander, that's cheating.
0: I like this. Giles is like... That's cheating. It's sort of Machiavellian, though, and (laughs) Sander doesn't know what that means, so he's like, I'm insulted. (laughs) We also notice an egg on the shelf when Giles is putting away the books which is important for later.
1: Cordelia comes in to report that the teacher isn't just not there, but he's been reported missing. And then she very unsubtly asks Xander to go make out with her in a closet again. She's like, Xander, closet maybe? Maybe we closet? Kiss mouth? Closet, closet?
0: Xander's like, closet, closet, closet? Like, yeah, we get it, guys.
1: Luckily, Willow and Buffy are, like, asleep, so they don't notice this. Buffy goes hunting again, and by hunting again, I mean smooching again.
0: Hunting for dick.
1: And Angel's like, you know, I can't have kids. And he doesn't really clarify if this is because he's a vampire or if he just doesn't have sperm that's viable or he can't get a boner. Like, what? why can't we have kids, Angel?
0: He starts the sentence by saying, I don't, uh I can't. You don't say, like, I don't have children.
1: Well, maybe he was about to say, I don't have a dick.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's... Sort of suggested, right? I think most people come away from the scene thinking, oh, vampires can't have kids. But the way he says it, it's like, are you saying you can't even get erections? Which also would make sense from a guy who doesn't have a beating heart.
1: And a very old man.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> most 200-year-old dudes cannot get erections without help.
1: Yeah, I don't, I never really thought about it. I feel like vampires be fucking in other things.
0: Oh, they be fucking in Buffy, too.
1: What, Buffy's gonna fuck?
0: Oh, I didn't say Buffy's gonna fuck him. I said vampires be fucking.
1: Oh. Did any of them have babies?
0: What's very funny is the irony in this entire scene.
1: (laughs) Okay. But then they're like, well, we should just, we should think about the future. Don't we ever think about the future? And Buffy's like, when I think about the future, all I want is you, which is maybe sweet if you're a romantic teen. But I'm like, girl, you should maybe date around a bit. Like, (laughs) you're going to wrinkle and he's not. Just think about these things. You know, you're young. Just say it. Maybe Spike.
0: But Spike isn't going to wrinkle either.
1: She doesn't have to marry Spike.
0: But there's actually some really interesting stuff in the scene. Specifically, um, the talk about kids, which is a complicated thing later that doesn't matter. But also, he says, like, Buffy, you don't know what's going to happen in a year. Or you don't know how you'll feel in five years. But those time stamps are actually sort of important.
1: Well, I'll put them in my planner. Yep. Then, we're back at school. We see a security guard. There's a security guard? Where's he been?
0: Yeah. Has this dude been doing anything the whole season? He let the principal get eaten in his office.
1: Well, He can't work all the time. He's the night guard.
0: That's true. He's the night guard. You're absolutely right.
1: But he finds a tunnel. And the missing sex ed teacher is there and pushes him down the tunnel. Buffy's at home. She sees her egg wigging. Sorry, wiggling. And then it hatches like this little purple crab thing. She grabs an iron. She's looking for it. It falls on her, crawls around. It's like lobster size now. So it's getting bigger real fast. She stabs it. It's done. She calls Willow. Willow's like, no, my egg's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Good night, Buffy. When Willow hangs out, we realize Willow not fine. Willow seems kind of uh droney.
0: We see that the egg is hatched. It's totally grown up. It's had its bar mitzvah. It's out.
1: (laughs) Buffy's mom comes in and is like, why are you dressed? How dare you be dressed this late at night? And Buffy doesn't really have an answer. And her mom's like, well, you're grounded. And I'm taking you to school tomorrow. I'm going to pick you up myself. You have to sit in the library for hours and nothing else. No fun for you.
0: Buffy's all like, is this because I killed your boyfriend last week?
1: And then her mom is like, oh my god, you're right. I forgot.
0: None of that happens. (laughs) Joyce is fine that a psychopath was going to kidnap her a week ago. She's over it.
1: Buffy brings her critter to school. They're going to check it out. And she sees Cordelia. She's like, nice bear. Because Cordelia is wearing like a stuffed animal backpack, which she insists is a trendy thing. Maybe it was at the time. It's clear this bear is going to mean something. Xander's eating a real shitty candy bar and he's just desperate for a better snack. So he decides to eat his egg. Really? Like, you made it this far. Are you really going to eat your egg?
0: Is your partner fine with that?
1: You pointed out that the teacher maybe, like, hasn't labeled these as special eggs.
0: Yeah, Xander could just go get a new egg tomorrow.
1: But then I wanted to hear him say, like, I'll just get a new egg.
0: Or Xander should have, like, four eggs in his backpack.
1: Also, this egg is old. It's been out for a while. Maybe don't eat that. Hard-boiled eggs aren't that good, especially with, like, no salt and pepper or anything.
0: Yeah, man, you're going to gag on that thing. You need some water.
1: Anyway, he doesn't eat it because when he cracks it open, he sees it's a little creature.
0: Got a little Cthulhu in there.
1: And we see that Willow has a monster on her back. They go to dissect the creature. Giles is missing, but they decide to start anyway. Willow's like weirdly defensive of it. Starts talking kind of weird. Says something about Mother Bezor And they're like, what are you talking about? And Cordelia's backpack, her teddy bear, is like rumbling a little. And then some tendrils come flying out its eyes. And then Cordelia and Willow just, like, activate. They're drones now. And two random dudes come in. I'm like, oh, maybe these are their partners? Where have they been?
0: They knock out Buffy and Xander and drag into a supply closet.
1: And then they make out. <laughs> no, they're out. Xander's got a bump on his head. And then all these, like, drones, Willow, Cordelia, the boys, lots of people, just start grabbing random garden tools. I don't know why this school has like so many hoes and pickaxes, but they all go down to the tunnel in a line and just start like chopping away at the ground, I assume so that Mother Bizarre can escape. Buffy's mom shows up to pick up Buffy. There's a sign in the library that says the hours and website coming soon and bus brats talk.
0: Bus brats talk.
1: I'm guessing it's a talk for all the bus brats.
0: Like a talking to?
1: Just a talk. Like a TED Talk?
0: Here's how you be a better bus brat. Yeah. Is it a a band? Was it like a book series?
1: It could have just been a funny thing someone put on the sign and nobody caught it. It's true. So she goes to talk to Giles. It was a funny joke. She's like, should I be whispering? And then she like brings up that Buffy's a burden. And her and Giles actually sort of bond over how annoying it is to be responsible for Buffy. But I was like, damn,
0: Joyce. Yeah, you're telling this dude that... (laughs) She's a burden.
1: It's shitty for parents to admit that. I mean, I could see parents like talking about how being a parent is hard, maybe with other parents or like really close friends.
0: I don't see a problem with that, but she's like saying it to like a librarian that Buffy interacts with a bunch.
1: Yeah, but this maybe isn't real, Giles. Giles has a critter in his drawer and attacks Joyce with it.
0: He loves filing. <laughs> we found that out a couple episodes ago.
1: It's kind of unclear what critter versus tendrils do.
0: I think that the creatures need to like gather energy from you Mm -hmm. to like wake up because that would explain why they're like tired the next day. This is never said, but that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah,
1: because Buffy gets tendriled, but yeah. then is fine after the day of tiredness.
0: Yeah, she's really tired, so I'm guessing it like sucked up enough energy to like develop into its lobster slash scorpion body. Right. That's what I'm guessing.
1: And it seems like the creature's ultimate goal is to like get more eggs out there, because we see like Cordelia carrying eggs around out of the basement. Buffy and Xander wake up in the closet. They've left two eggs in there with them. They're wondering, they're like, why did they put us in here? Why wouldn't they just kill us? And I think that Monster wants more drones, so they didn't want to kill them, but they needed to, like, trap them somewhere where they could turn.
0: Yeah, it's a body snatcher Um,
1: But they smash the eggs. They break out of there, because Buffy can open any door giles is gone he's off to the bug mines we're left with just buffy and xander the dumb ones trying to figure out something in a book and they find something about the creature they don't really talk much about it but it's like some kind of prehistoric parasite that does like neural clamping xander says that sounds skippable
0: yeah that was a funny line and then jonathan's back
1: yeah they stumble across him in the hallway and he leads them to the m- tunnel
0: he's struggling with one of these creatures he's like get it out of me get it out of me i'm fine guys nothing happened
1: cordelia runs into xander she like hits him and he says that's my bump
0: that was also funny
1: so they're all digging out this creature that's in the ground
0: which i actually think the special effects for the creature under the ground aren't isn't terrible it's kind of a fun puppet
1: yeah and then the gorges are there of course i don't know how they said they were gonna follow buffy but buffy's been in school all day it's like after 5 p.m now
0: yeah, and they obviously couldn't have followed her during the daylight when she went to school.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't make sense that they're here.
0: Yeah, actually, it doesn't.
1: Willow says, kill them. Is she telling Buffy to kill the Gorges? Is she telling the Gorges to kill Buffy?
0: She's telling her minions to kill Buffy and the Gorch.
1: Okay, is Willow, like, in
0: charge? I mean, I think it could use any one of them. I think Willow says this for us as an audience because these things obviously can give orders telepathically. So I think it's letting us know why they're attacking them. But also I think it is telling us that this creature is evil, which is important for the, the rest of this scene.
1: Okay. But then the creature just eats the stupider brother. He's He's gone. He's done.
0: Yeah, he was like, what the hell is this here now? After he spit in his hands because he's such a dumb idiot.
1: Buffy's mom tries to kill her like how real is this because like a second ago drone Giles was faking Giles very well like they clearly have like the ability to know their brain and memories and stuff Mm -hmm. is she still Joyce at all at this point or is it does it like take over you completely eventually
0: I mean, it takes over you completely immediately.
1: But Giles was holding it together for a while, and Giles whoa. wasn't
0: holding it together. It was playing a part. It was using Giles's memories to pretend to be Giles.
1: I still think Buffy's mom wants to kill her a little bit.
0: I, that, that's very possible.
1: Then the creature eats Buffy. Buffy's inside the creature, but she's got a pickaxe with her, and she kills it from the inside. Everyone passes out. Buffy comes out. Cowboy Lyle says, "All right, it's over." tips his hat and runs away.
0: I love this scene. As much as this episode isn't great, I love this scene. It's so awesome. She gets eaten by like a sarlacc pit monster and then she just pickaxes her way out of it, pulls herself out of its carcass, covered in its blood, and this vampire who refused to give up is just like, you know what? Uh, Maybe I shouldn't be fighting you.
1: (laughs) To be fair, his brother was the one that really wanted to fight her. He maybe was scared of her. It's true. And he'll be back, I assume. I don't care. He's... Not interesting one way or the other, but he also doesn't seem that tough or scary, but I kind of have a feeling we'll see him again since you remember his name so well.
0: What, you think this guy's going to have some special homecoming?
1: I know that's an episode in season three.
0: What are you talking about?
1: Everyone's awake. Giles is spreading the word. Don't worry, guys. It was just a gas leak. It was a gas leak. He says, these gas things will happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so funny, especially the delivery, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like, these gas things will happen. Uh, Xander, what really was it? <laughs>
0: Then Xander's like, well, just go with the ghastly thing. And it's like, well, maybe he should know.
1: And Buffy's mom is still just like, why weren't you at the library? Now you can't leave your room ever again. Cut to Buffy kissing Angel outside, Buffy. You're not supposed to leave your room. And then it zooms out and we see that Buffy's in her window. And it's just framed so well with like the foliage behind them. But Buffy is in her window and Xander's and Angel's just outside.
0: Xander's not there. No. Um, that would have been weird.
1: And that's the end. Let's talk about Buffy's mom. Yeah. I'm assuming she doesn't tell her mom because she doesn't want her mom to worry about her doing all this dangerous stuff. But if your reality is constant monsters, never going to stop monsters, your mom should be aware that she's in danger.
0: Your mom should be prepared. Yeah. We were just like running the numbers here. Just in the last season and a half, a short season and a half. So like one season's worth of show. Buffy's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven creatures in her house with murderous intent.
1: Some of them dating her mother.
0: She should know that there's creatures everywhere, that you're living on top of a hellmouth.
1: Yeah, unless there's, like, some reason that she can't tell her. Like, the vampires will kill you if you know about Buffy being the slayer. Right. It's odd to me that she, like, respects her mom's wishes at all, because she seems to freaking hate her mom we need to see scenes where there's reasons that you don't want to hurt your mom with this information you know what i mean like they need some sort of like nice part of their relationship that she's trying to protect and that doesn't exist
0: and at this point in the show buffy is not that mature of a person no she's a teen she's immature like you wouldn't throw it in your mother's face be like you can't cut me some slack mom i saved you from a robot man last week
1: yeah, and she's already told a bunch of people, like, it would just make her life a lot easier. And if her mom's like, no, actually, I'd prefer you didn't slay vampires, no one's going to do it. And there's going to be vampires.
0: Also, just to protect her mom, you know, like, mom, one, you should probably buy a gun. Let's be real. Uh, you should probably put some crosses in your room. But also, could you just not invite people in? Yeah. That's a big thing that would help us. If you just didn't ever invite anyone in, you didn't know.
1: Another thing that doesn't make sense to me is that vampires come to this town knowing there's a slayer. Like, you can be a vampire anywhere. I know there's like the whole hell mouth thing, whatever that means. But like, Buffy's not going to go to Alaska to kill vampires. She's only killing ones in this town.
0: Yeah, go to Cleveland.
1: Have a great time in Cleveland. So many necks in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and specific problems I have with this episode are, was the health teacher part of it all along? Did the creature somehow summon this health teacher knowing he had this great egg experiment idea? <laughs> like, it just seems too fortuitous that this all aligned so well.
0: And great that the eggs look like little chicken eggs.
1: Did the teacher dig the tunnel? What was this room? There was just a full, it wasn't like a cave. It was like a room with walls in the basement that was just there.
0: Yeah, it's pretty mysterious. I do want to point out too that this, uh, I wonder if the name of the monster wasn't like a pun or a joke. How so? Because a Bezor is when you have something in your stomach that's not digestible, like a, when you eat a bunch of gum and it just sticks in your stomach, hmm. but that's sort of what happens to this creature. It like tries to eat Buffy and it, she doesn't digest.
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: I wonder if someone saw that word and was like, that sounds like a monster name.
1: So Brian, was this a good episode?
0: This episode had a lot of little things I liked. I liked that it was moving the plot along with Cordelia's relationship with Xander and Buffy's relationship with Angel and finding out a little bit about Willow. And it had a couple funny jokes. I feel like every episode of Buffy has a couple good jokes. But no, I don't think it was a good episode. I don't.
1: It just, um, I didn't care about the Gorge brothers. And they didn't really explain this monster that well. I don't know.
0: I would have liked to see the monster, like, be more menacing. Like, it eats a couple people. It's making them do, like, just menial tasks, sort of. Like, just hard labor. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, their mining looked ridiculously fake. <laughs> yeah. it's like It was like the actors were like, we're not really going to put much effort into this at all.
1: And I don't like Joyce, and this was another Joyce-heavy episode. It, I I don't know. I just don't think she's nice to her daughter. They don't have any chemistry as a mother-daughter, which is maybe a missed opportunity. But yeah, there were funny jokes. I didn't, like, hate everything, but it wasn't a good one compared no, to ones I've seen.
0: It wasn't. Uh, this one, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, is, like, consistently rated as one of the worst ones. I'd have to probably agree.
1: And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile, Meanwhile Uncharmed. On Charmed.
0: Charmed is another popular WB show, airing around the same time, that neither of us has seen.
1: But we're going to discuss it anyway.
0: Based only on its seemingly always poorly written IMDb summaries. Stacey, what happened on Charmed?
1: Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 2, Episode 12, Awakened, Prue and Phoebe break a code of conduct to cure Piper when she is hospitalized with a deadly disease, but the illness is spread to other patients. Topical.
0: Okay, so it's called awakened, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing, and by guessing, I mean it's probably true. Sleeping Beauty disease. What is Sleeping Beauty disease, hun?
1: Oh, Sleeping Beauty disease is when you fall asleep for a hundred years and you need a prince to wake you up.
0: Oh wow, there's not a ton of princes.
1: So Piper sees a prince in a book that she has a crush on, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, man, I want that for me. So she sees on Craigslist. This is very early Craigslist. <laughs> right. It was like just like one message board back then. It was called Craig's One Item To Do. And she saw some people chatting about sleeping beauty disease. And she's like, man, if I could just give me some of that, I bet this prince would hear about it and come kiss me. Right. So and that's she gets it. She goes to a sleeping beauty disease party. It, you know, it's where like you go like chicken pox parties the parents had for us, you know.
0: Right, right, right. She
1: goes to that just like makes out with a bunch of people this part was fun
0: a sleeping beauty party
1: right 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 and she she gets sleeping beauty disease Mm -hmm. and then a couple weeks later she she falls asleep and no one can wake her up
0: oh the code of conduct is you're not supposed to kiss a sleeping person
1: yes you need consent that makes sense unless you're a prince then you can kiss whoever you want right whenever you want
0: been true forever right but sometimes it's like hey prince like even though you can like maybe you shouldn't
1: so her sisters are trying to figure out like what to do to fix this problem right so they try to kiss her, but, of course, that is breaking the code of conduct.
0: And it's not working, these because they're her. not princes.
1: Right. And they go into a room, and they see this open book with the prince in it. And they're like, oh, Piper, I see what you did.
0: So they take her to the hospital. They bring in a prince. But they don't want him to kiss her because they haven't met. They think it's weird. So they're like, can you just blow her a kiss? It's like the same thing. But when you blow someone a kiss... They're
1: concerned about Piper being too promiscuous. Yes. Okay.
0: You know, they, she's pretty chaste.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So he blows her a kiss, but that just spreads it to all the other patients.
1: Yeah, it's airborne.
0: So then wait, it be- wait,
1: wait. Does he have it? <laughs> he blows the kiss at her and yeah. it like blows some of the disease? Of
0: course. He, you know how many people he's kissed who have had the disease? Of course.
1: That's true. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's probably got it himself, but he it, it's asymptomatic in him?
0: No, it's very symptomatic. He keeps falling asleep. And it's sort of funny <laughs> at first. And then you're like, wait, no, this is a problem.
1: Okay, so then he blows a kiss, but then everyone and all the other patients get sick?
0: Yeah. So then it's sort of funny because they have to bring him around while he's constantly falling asleep and, like, make them kiss all the other patients. And uh, it's funny, and at the very end they have him kiss a mirror, which cures him of his own disease.
1: Okay, I think that all makes sense.
0: I mean, that's what happened.
1: Okay, I remember that episode.
0: (laughs) This has been Meanwhile Meanwhile, Uncharted.
1: And then we watch Gilmore Girls. Brian, why don't you tell our friends about Richard and Stars Hollow?
0: As the title suggests, this episode is about Richard, who's now retired and has plenty of free time, coming to Stars Hollow and sort of shadowing his daughter and granddaughter all day uh, and getting on everybody's nerves. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: The episode opens with Friday night dinner, and Emily's just asked Lorelai out of the blue, like, "Uh, do you think you're going to get married? And it isn't for, like, evil purposes. She just wants to know because they only have one spot left in their mausoleum, and obviously it's going to Rory, but if... Lorelai gets a husband, then he's got to go in there, and then there won't be enough spots. And they're going to make an annex, and then they're debating about who they should kick out of the mausoleum. They're going to get rid of their Aunt Cecile because her jokes were so bad. It's pretty morbid and funny. And then Richard comes down and is like, Yeah, we got to get rid of Cecile. Her jokes are the worst.
1: Rory finds this all offensive, but then, yeah, even Richard's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, bye, Cecile.
0: I thought this was actually pretty funny. Who cares where you're buried, really? Just throw me in the fucking ocean. Like, it doesn't matter. But... Yeah, I
1: know. Rory might, like, marry some dude that yeah. she wants to get buried with. Like, where's Rory's family going? How long can this go
0: on? Yeah. What if Rory's husband has an enormous mausoleum with like TVs in it?
1: Yeah, what if?
0: Um, Richard's just talking about how he's just been noticing all sorts of things, like Emily moved a vase.
1: You can tell Emily's like a little annoyed.
0: No, she's like flinching.
1: You can tell Emily's a lot annoyed.
0: The next scene is at the paper. Paris is being Paris. She's freaking out and being super rude to everyone. She's upset about everyone's stories aren't good enough to win the Oppenheimer Award, which is for Andres Oppenheimer, who was a journalist, not for Oppenheimer, the man who made the nuclear bomb and regretted it for the rest of his life. We assume. Yeah, We assume. We don't know which award it is i've been here i worked for a school paper and we won a bunch of awards none of it was for my writing it's not true i I did win some stuff but it was uh mostly for the graphic design of the paper we had a really good graphic designer tommy yeah tommy for all you tommy heads out there but she wants a, a really good story and she's trying to figure one out then we get to see what Richard's doing. He's with Emily all the time now, and he is always pointing out his observations, like, oh, is that your third cup of coffee? And she's like, yeah, is that a problem? He's like, no, no, it just seems like a lot of coffee.
1: Emily is a coffee addict, too.
0: Yeah, which is, I like that. hmm But also, listen, okay, coffee's great.
1: Yeah, he later calls out Lorelai for drinking too much coffee in the morning as well, and I'm like, dude, that's when you drink coffee.
0: Yeah, he says, in the morning?
1: The like, time. He's like, that's a lot of coffee to drink in the morning. Like, what, what? what? You don't want to drink it at night.
0: I also drink about three cups a day. I drink about two and a half cups a day. Is that crazy, guys? No. I also have insomnia. It doesn't matter. It's the eggs next to my bed. But Emily's clearly getting upset. And she mentions that she's got a really packed day, so she's not gonna be able to see him. And he's like, Well, I'll go to all these events with you. And she keeps listing event after event. And he's like, Well, I can go to that. I'd love to hear that. I'd love to sit in on your meetings. Which is kind of like, are you allowed to come to the like daughters of the revolution or whatever? Like, are men allowed to just sit that in and audit it? That's weird. But also, she says all this stuff she can do, and then she's gonna get her hair done, and he wouldn't want to come to that. He's like, You're right, I wouldn't want to come to that. You can just cancel it. Which I was like, That's not nice. Not cool that you're just telling your wife to cancel her thing but also dude you just go places and read the paper why couldn't you go to that but anyway he's being a bit much Then we see a video store. New set. Kirk's there. Kirk works everywhere.
1: Yeah, you said, is Kirk rich? And I said, maybe, or he just gets fired from everything and he's terrible at working.
0: Maybe, but he was right about those uh, termites. I feel like he's not terrible. It's true. For a second, I was like, why are we having this scene? But there's like two boys looking at the cover of Showgirls. And they're like, see, I told you. And she tells Kirk, there's some boys looking at like a mature movie cover. Maybe it should be higher up on a different shelf. I don't know if the kids were being creepy. I think they were just like, I told you, Jesse Spano from Say By The Bell was in this adult movie.
1: Lorelai has to step outside to take a call from Emily.
0: Emily's like, you've got to take Richard away. I can't stand him, please. And so Lorelai's like, fine, I I can take him for a day. Like, he's a dog.
1: The next morning, Lorelai's freaking out. She doesn't want her dad to come. She's never been alone with him for more than five minutes. She's trying to lie to Rory to get her to stay home from school.
0: But Rory doesn't want to do that. She doesn't want to end up having to raise an egg by herself. (laughs) True.
1: But Richard shows up. Rory's got to go to school. Bye, Mom. It's awkward.
0: I don't know why it's so awkward. You'd think she would have thought of like a couple things they could do, like crosswords together or a puzzle or something.
1: Well, she's gotta go to work and stuff, too. It's like a normal day for her, so I don't really know what Emily thought they were gonna do.
0: But he's like, just do what you would normally do. And she's like, Well, I'd have coffee and read the paper, and he's like, Well, that's what I would do. Except no coffee. Not in the morning. So they share the paper. All seems okay at the beginning of the day. Then they decide to go to Luke's. Richard immediately sort of insults the place by saying it reminds him of this dump he used to go to with the worst food when he was in college.
1: But he liked it?
0: He did say he liked it he missed it too but it was still kind of like all right well make sure that Lorelai feels the same way about this place but then she like criticizes Lorelai for not having a grapefruit he's like it's like the best way to start the day well don't oranges have stuff in
1: them that you need I don't like plain grapefruit or grapefruit juice at all it's so no, bitter it's not
0: good and he's like demanding she have that but like not everybody eats grapefruit every morning even very healthy people
1: no I eat gummy bears every morning and I'm <laughs> fine
0: <laughs> Lorelai doesn't want to fight, so she goes up to Luke and she's like, can you get me one? And he's like, no, fine. I guess I could go next door and buy one. And she's like, I'd be forever grateful. Yeah, until the next episode when you probably tell him not to date some friend of yours.
1: That happened one time.
0: I don't know. She she expects so much from Luke and doesn't give him anything in return. Like, has she done a favor for him? She was supposed to help him paint and didn't show up.
1: But then she painted all by herself.
0: That's true. She did do that.
1: She tried to help him with Jess. I feel like Luke doesn't really ask for favors either. I I think that's true.
0: I just feel like she, she really uses him a lot, especially when she may feel like he has feelings for her back at chilton paris is like i've got the perfect idea hear me out we're gonna go to your town and we're gonna find the dark seedy underbelly and i'm gonna expose it in a news piece and that'll win us the award what that's a ridiculous absurd request and Rory's like yeah there's nothing in stars hollow remotely like that and paris you know the terrible person that she is is like yes it is you just don't see it I'll see it. Rory tries to tell Paris, well, I promised my mom I would help her with something. And Paris is like, well, do it another time. And it's like, that's so unbelievably rude. Like, you have no idea what she's helping her with.
1: Yeah, she's babysitting her grandpa. This is a one-time thing.
0: Yeah, which also I feel like I would say as Rory, like, no, my f- grandfather's coming into town. People walk all over Paris all the time except for Rory.
1: Yeah, you were mad at Rory for not pushing back more. and she She should have because, like, this could wait till the next day
0: and grandpa cannot. Especially when she knows what Paris is asking is nonsense.
1: Yeah, like if it existed, Rory should write the piece and she would already know about what it is. But Rory calls her mom, tells her she can't babysit grandpa today.
0: Which is upsetting because Lorelai is uh, getting over her father pretty quickly.
1: She's at the inn now. They're having a, a linen shortage and her dad shows
0: up. He's like, I've been all over town. I saw the slinky. I saw it all. I'll just sit here and read some more. He reads the paper like, you'd think you'd be done with the paper at this point. I don't know. Paper's long. He asks her like, uh, where's your work jacket? And she's like, oh, I don't have a work jacket. I wear this. He's like, and your boss is fine with this? Which is already upsetting because he should know that she's the boss. Yeah. Actually, I thought this was funny where she talks about herself being okay with it. I thought it was a funny line. I like that. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, oh, okay. I don't feel like she's dressed inappropriately.
1: No, she's wearing, like, a nice blouse and pants.
0: And it's not, like, low-cut or something.
1: And I think maybe sometimes she does wear a jacket.
0: It's also just, like, she's not going into a business meeting.
1: It's a it's a hotel. It's a nice hotel.
0: And additionally, I would say, if I had that issue, I would definitely be like, hey, honey, let's, like, talk to her after work. Like, I feel like you're dressing inappropriate. But also, like, who are you to tell her what to wear? She goes behind the counter, gets a call from Manny. Manny's their linen guy. And she, like, coaxes him into bringing some linens tonight, like, immediately by being a little flirty with him. I didn't even think she was being that flirty. She was just sort of.
1: Yeah, I think he was going to do it anyway. And then she just kind of tagged on some, like, pet names.
0: Yeah, she, like, called him a stud. She wasn't like, you know, maybe we'll get drinks or something. But then Richard's like, oh, can I talk to you? In front of everyone.
1: Like Michelle is there. There's a man just like reading nearby.
0: And then he just berates her. He's like, you know, that's inappropriate to be a flirting with a business partner. You never talk to someone that way. And she sort of accepts it because she's been trying desperately not to fight with him. If he's so big on like the proper conduct at work, he should know that you don't berate the boss in front of their subordinates. And Stacey was saying that there, there's customers there within earshot. This is so much worse than wearing that blouse. It just made me like really like upset at Richard, which usually I like Richard a lot. But I was like, I'm mad at you.
1: Paris and Rory show up in town. They took the bus. Paris is upset because the bus smelled, and now she's got to burn her clothes. This happens in TV a lot, where people say they got to burn their clothes. But I'm like, if your clothes smell beyond what you can fix, why would you take the effort to burn them? Would you just throw them away? Yeah. Like, you're not going to burn the smell out of them and then wear them again. I hate when people say that. I don't I don't get where that comes from. Yeah. There's like a joke I've heard a lot in different shows.
0: Like, if your shirt had smallpox on them, maybe then you would burn it, but that's about it. Y- yeah. Like, if your shirt got a bunch of, like, sleeping beauty disease on it.
1: Right. Burn that shirt. Yeah, you don't want that to spread.
0: You don't want someone else to put it on and be like, oh, oh, sleepy.
1: Don't burn it with a birthday candle, though.
0: <laughs> because someone will blow it out? Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I'm just trying to put it together. So Paris is in town. She's like, let's figure out the dark underbelly in the next 10 minutes. So she goes to Luke's. And then, much like Richard, is completely inappropriate. She's like, where's the prostitution, huh? She's just berating Luke. Like, what's going on? Just badgering him about where the bad stuff's happening.
1: Like, she thinks this is a truck stop. And Luke's like, who is this person? How much do you like her? And Roy's just like, do what you got to do.
0: And then Jess is all playing along. That was funny, I thought. Yeah. The thing about this that bothered me, and I'm sorry to be so negative about this, Paris's behavior is so unreal and inappropriate, but also just, like, offensive, that this bit about Jess playing along, like, wasn't funny for me, because I was mad at Paris.
1: Yeah. I realized Luke and Paris would have met in the previous episode. They were both at that dinner.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good point.
1: I don't know that they interacted, but they were at the same table.
0: I just, I, I hope Paris changes for the rest of the show. A, a little bit. Like Rainer in or Tristan comes in and sweeps her away and then their car gets hit by a shark that eats them. I don't know. Something needs to happen. We'll see. They leave the diner with no new information, but they pass the video store. And Dozy comes out, super excited because he's got lines in this episode. He's like, we put up a curtain. We've separated all the inappropriate movie covers and put them behind this curtain. It's just like a family video where I didn't know for years they had an adult section behind a curtain.
1: Rory hates this. She doesn't believe in censorship. She's horrified that this Rory curtain exists in her name. And then Paris is like, this is what the story will be about. Censorship in a small town.
0: Of course, Dozie's happy to give her some quotes. Finally, it's night. Everyone's coming home. Lorelai's so happy that Rory's here to distract her father. They decided they're going to order Chinese. This was all a fun bit, too, because Richard's like, yeah, I like Chinese if it's prepared properly. And they're like, cool, we'll get it from the pancake house. Al's And he's like, what? No. (laughs) That was funny. But of course, he's still being critical. He's still being like, you can't order that much food. That's wasteful and gluttonous. And You'll teach your daughter. And I wanted to slap him right there. It was like, in the last episode, you just had a basket of various breads in the kitchen.
1: To be fair, he was out of town. He might not know what Emily does with bread when he's gone. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's very possible. But they have like servants bringing out like all. there's no way they're not wasteful. Yeah, yeah. Come on.
1: He takes a tour of Rory's room while is figuring out what kind of Chinese food they're going to get. He notices her Harvard paraphernalia.
0: Yeah, and that bothers him because he's a Yale man. And at this point, I, I half agree with him. That she should consider other schools? That he, she should consider Yale simply because he makes it clear, like, I have a lot of influence at Yale. Yale's an amazing school. I could easily get her into Yale.
1: He kind of indicates that she, he thinks Rory only wants to go to Harvard because that's what wants. I wants. I've never really gotten that impression. I always thought they both wanted that. But mm-hmm. I mean, Rory obviously seems excited about it.
0: But I do know that she's kind of rejected the idea of going to Yale before.
1: Yeah. I think she just doesn't, again, want to use her parents' influence.
0: And I don't think they should just tell Roy like, you should go to Yale. I'm just thinking that she could explain to Roy like, just FYI, Yale is like a very easy path for you to get into a very good school.
1: But they're going to order way too much Chinese food. And it it is too much.
0: It is quite a bit.
1: But they say they eat it all week. So it's like, whatever. Let them do it, Richard. Then, honk, honk.
0: Dean's here, and he's got a brand new car. By brand new, I mean he built it himself. And he's finally giving it to Rory, and they're going to go for a test drive. But Rich is like, no, you can't. This is, no, not okay. You
1: can't drive away in something a child put together.
0: You have to reject this gift. Oh, God, I hated all this.
1: Yeah, at this point, it's been too much, I feel like. The writing was just, there's no break in it. Like, if you're writing a comedy sketch, it can't be just joke, joke, joke. You need to rest. Yeah. And they're not resting this Richard criticizing everything bit for, like, a good 20 minutes now. Yep. It feels a little too much, and we start to hate Richard.
0: And also just saying in front of her boyfriend, like, you are not allowed to accept this gift. That's too much.
1: But... I think we agree with Richard a little bit that like, yeah, a a kid just built a car and you're going to get in it? What?
0: Yeah, I feel like he needs to throw some feelers out. Like, I would say something like, oh my God, this is amazing that you built this car. Where did you have it inspected? Or something like that. Like, to just be like, make it clear.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, did you take a a course on car building? Just feel out what his credentials are here.
0: Dean is like, it has been checked out.
1: Dean gets very defensive, which is kind of cool. He's not afraid to stand up to him.
0: Yeah. And I also liked that Dean took it to have other people inspect it. Because I feel like a 16-year-old kid making a car is a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Yeah. But knowing that it got checked out, I'm like, okay, cool, great. Like if I were buying a car and this guy was like, yeah, my kid made it. I'd be like, "Eh, well, yeah, when a kid didn't construct. But Richard insists
1: they go check it out again. They can't drive in the same car. Richard's going to drive his own car. It looks like they're going to race. And actually Lorelai made a joke. Like, I feel like one of us should be like between the cars waving a flag.
0: We meet Gypsy, who you said is going to show up again?
1: Yeah. Dean said her name before they actually went to see her. I was like, oh, interesting. They're referencing her when we haven't met her, but then we do.
0: She checks it a bunch of times. It's totally fine. She's funny. She rips off the windshield wipers to make there a problem so she can tell Richard there's a problem.
1: And then Dean brings up like the issues him and Richard have had in the past, and Richard kind of admits he was a bit much and then starts to try to get to know Dean.
0: Yeah, Richard to the best of his ability as far as apologizing. It's like, well, the timing maybe wasn't great. It's like the questions were all weird dude but they seem to bond a little bit here which is good then they go back home and Richard's like you can have the car which is also upsetting it's like you don't get to tell her that man
1: well which Lorelai immediately says she like confronts her dad about everything
0: and he's like I'm just trying to help and somehow it swings to him being like you know since I don't have a job now I just feel useless I'm a burden to everybody
1: he kind of knows that Emily was the one that arranged this because yeah. she's sick of him
0: he's like I just feel so useless so Part of it, if you look at it now after he says this, it's like, okay, all of your, like, advice is really you just trying to find a way to be helpful. Yeah. Because you'd feel like you're useless. So then it's like, okay, that makes me view those things slightly differently. But you'd also think that he would do go out of his way to, like, not seem like an asshole if people are sick of him.
1: True. And maybe he's just shifting. Like, he's used to being high status at work. And- yeah. Yeah. I mean again we're we're not that age we don't know what it's like to deal with retirement like I imagine as a big life shift
0: Yes so when him saying that sort of makes you forgive him a little bit Yeah even though he came on so strong with his criticisms
1: so Rory's walking home with the Chinese food. It's so much. It is a lot.
0: So much. There's a giant picture of Rory. Like It's it's like customer of the month or like citizen of the month. And it's it's absurd. There's a giant picture of Rory there like in a easel at the video store. Obviously because of the new policy. And then Jess comes by and she's like, I hate this. And he's like, don't worry. It's not going to last. Because wink, wink, wink. He doesn't say it. But he clearly put like a porno inside of a Disney movie case. Yeah. Some kid's going to get that.
1: Which is pretty tame for Jess vandalism.
0: It is, but also, like, does that solve the problem? Yeah, I don't
1: really know. They'll be like, oh, the curtain doesn't work, everything back in the mix.
0: If anything, then it's going to exacerbate it. It's like, we really got to be careful about this.
1: Yeah, like, put a curtain between the box and the tape. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but Rory clearly likes this. She, likes smiles.
1: She likes Jess's little pranks. Oh, my
0: God. Ugh, ugh. I don't hate Jess. I just don't love Jess yet. I'm sure I will.
1: Emily had a great day.
0: Yeah, Emily's, like, super excited to see her husband now when he comes home. Although she's not listening to him. She's like, do you want a drink? He's like, no. And she's like, cool, and then just makes him a drink anyway.
1: (laughs) But he kind of lies to her and says he has a good day.
0: Said he'd already eaten, even though he hadn't. He
1: didn't, and he bailed on the Chinese food.
0: And then he just sort of goes to his room and, like, just sits down in a chair all sad. And then he kills himself. (laughs) It doesn't, but it had that vibe. It was like, Richard's sad. It did
1: just kind of end on a really sad note for Richard, huh? It
0: did, yeah. It's too bad there wasn't another Richard there to tell Richard that that's not the appropriate way to end an episode. That's funny. So, Stacey, do you think this is a good episode?
1: Mm, I don't think it was bad, but I don't know that it was a really good Good one. I remember I was hoping it would be good because I love Richard, but he was really a pain in the ass.
0: He really was.
1: It was just too much. We needed a a bit more comedy in there or like something to break up his just being so assholy. But that being said, I feel like the fight with him and Lorelai was kind of cool. Like, I, I really like when the characters fight in this show. Mm-hmm. And I like that she was like standing up to her dad.
0: She was saying all the things we wanted to say mm-hmm. as the audience.
1: Yeah. So that felt like a good release, I guess, after all of the tension set up. And it had a lot of good jokes. It was kind of fun to see Emily annoyed yeah. <laughs> and sort of at her wit's end. So, no, it wasn't like one of the best episodes, but I think there's been ones that were not as good.
0: Yeah, I agree. It wasn't a great episode, specifically because it got irritating about how Mm -hmm. much he was like oblivious to how his behavior was affecting other people negatively.
1: I think it would have been a really fun episode if they would have balanced that a bit better.
0: I agree. There was a couple good jokes. I actually think Buffy had more funny jokes. Gilmore had a couple good ones, though, obviously.
1: So which episode do you think was better?
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. Hear me out. Like, I know you're probably thinking Gilmore Girls. Because Buffy just, like, was sort of a hodgepodge mess at points. But Buffy just had a lot more funny moments to me. And was moving the plot along more. And didn't have Paris in it. So, (laughs) I was like, those are all pluses for me.
1: It had Joyce.
0: It did have Joyce in it. But then you got the Gorge Brothers to really smooth it out. No,
1: the Gorge Brothers are bad. (laughs) Do not care about the Gorge Brothers Well, there's
0: only one now, okay?
1: Do we still have to call him the Gorge Brother?
0: I also like that from now on, when they're listing ways to kill vampires, they're like decapitation, sunlight, holy water, fire, stake to the heart, bazaar digestive (laughs) system. (laughs) I hope they do. They don't. But I hope they do. (laughs)
1: You're stalling, Morris.
0: You know, it's close, but I think I'm going to go with Bad Eggs. Mm. It's It came down to this. I just did not enjoy or find any pleasure in the scenes with Paris or with Richard. I was hoping this was going to be like a fish out of water episode for Richard. But it was more an episode where the fish gets out of the water, but then tells everybody outside of the water how they're supposed to walk around.
1: That's very good, Brian.
0: Thank you, Stacy. <laughs> and as much as Bad Eggs had a lot of like silly dumb things in it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it more. So I'm going to go with bad eggs. Even though I don't think it's a good episode in general. And I think the Gorge brothers punching each other scene should never have made it to air. I don't know how it remained in the script that long.
1: I'm going to say Gilmore. I, I just think there was a lot of holes in Buffy and a few things that didn't really make sense. I don't like Monster of the Weeks. I didn't like the Monster of the Week, and I really hate the Gorge brothers and Joyce. And like I said, I think Gilmore Girls would have been a good episode if Richard wouldn't have been such a brat the whole time. Paris, I'm just used to her being a lot, I guess, but I hear what you're saying. So it wasn't an easy call for either of us, but we're split. Yeah. If you want to watch along next week. Things are about to get crazy.
0: You should watch along next week.
1: We'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 13, A Tisket, A Tasket.
0: As well as Buff the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 13. Surprise! No spoilers!
1: In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Like, which one do you think was better?
0: Yeah, honestly, which one do you think was better?
1: Why do you think Angel can't have kids?
0: Do you think Buffy should tell her mom?
1: Do you think it's the Oppenheimer Award for journalism or for bomb making?
0: (laughs) So let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, at Gilmore Slayer, where we post all kinds of interactive and behind-the-scenes content.
1: And for comedy content not related to the podcast, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y, Stacy with an EY.
0: Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. We actually reviewed Invasion of the Body Snatchers in the 70s, if Ooh. you want to check that out.
1: I feel like that wasn't a good one, <laughs> but I'll post it. Or you can send us a good old-fashioned email at Brian and Reviews at gmail.com.
0: If you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do, we'll give you a shout-out on our podcast.
1: Brian, I'm going to need some more gummy bears.
0: It's gummy bear time.
1: Gummy Gummy bears bears
0: bouncing bouncing here and and there and and everywhere. everywhere. I think we can stop with the first part.
1: Yeah, we're not going to do the rest. Not on the podcast. We're going to go sing the whole thing a couple times alone.
0: Buffy the Gilmore Slayer.